Amen. You can be seated. So wonderful to see you here this morning. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 8. Let's, let's pick up reading in verse 8. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. I want to stop right there and ask a question. So it's just a legitimate question. It's a question that worth asking and ought to be able, we ought to be able to answer it. And it's this, simply this. The Christian life, is it easy or is it hard? Is it easy or is it hard, the Christian life? And on one hand, we're told in the Bible, Paul says it to, to Timothy before he, Paul was martyred in Rome, he said, uh, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We say, well, that's hard. It is hard. On the other hand, Jesus says, ask and you shall, that you may receive that your joy may be full. So he's talking about persecution on the one hand and our joy being full on the other. We're told through the scriptures that if any man's going to come after me, Jesus said, and be a follower, that's what the word disciple means, is a follower or a learner. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Well, that doesn't sound easy, denying myself of what I want to do and I will to do. Taking up my cross, well, the cross represents death, right? And follow me. And on the other hand, we're told so wonderfully, Jesus says in Matthew 11, if any man... Uh, uh, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You're going to find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we have, we have persecution on the one hand, taking up our cross, dying to ourselves. On the other hand, we have Jesus saying, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I read in the Bible... In Proverbs, it says the way of transgressors is hard. The way of sinners is hard. But what about the way of believers? I'm talking about the Christian. Now, salvation in, its, in and of itself, the process of being saved, going from lost to saved, is very easy. We believe in our hearts, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that God raised him from the dead, and we confess with our mouth. And the Bible says we're saved. So that's easy. We're saved by grace through faith. But the Christian life, once you are saved... And the Lord's lifted us out of a horrible pit, set our feet upon a rock, and established our goings. Is it easy or is it hard? I read the way of transgressors is hard, but I also read, Paul told Timothy, thou endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What does hardness mean? I thought, I wanted to look up that, that definition. We're told as Christians, endure hardness as a good soldier. A soldier fights, right? They're in combat, they're in, in a battle, there's a battle going on, and they're not uh, spectators, they're participants, okay? Thou endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness, hardness means to undergo hardship, to endure afflictions, to suffer trouble. So again, is the Christian life easy? Not salvation, but once you're saved, is it easy or is it hard? 
Jesus says, I'm I'm laying out both sides of this real quickly. Jesus said, so likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. Well, you have to say, certainly that's hard. Whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. You know what it means to forsake in this context? It means to say adieu, adieu. I don't do my French very well. Say adieu by departing or dismissing. To renounce, to bid farewell, to send away. Not just to the things that are wicked and sinful, but to say adieu, in, in other words, we're, we're, we're putting everything in God's hands. We're turning it all over to the Lord. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We put it all, starting with ourselves, and we put ourselves right in God's hands. He says, whoever doesn't forsake all that he hath cannot be my disciple. But then it tells, he tells us, be of good cheer, uh, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He tells us we have to forsake all to follow him. And then he tells us that in Christ, he'll freely give us all things. He'll freely give us all things. If he gave his best, which he did, God the Father gave his best, his only beloved son, Jesus, to literally die for sinners like us, no good sinners, okay, because he loves us. He says, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Got to forsake everything, but yet he tells us he gives us all things. Jesus told his disciples, he said, you shall be hated by all men for my name's sake, for my sake. You're going to be hated by all men. But he also declares that whoever forsakes all and follows him, he says, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life. We all know this, the account in the Bible. It's in three of the Gospels. Three of the four Gospels talk about the rich young ruler, right? And the rich young ruler, I believe he was an honest man. I believe he's a sincere man. There's nothing, certainly nothing sinful about being wealthy. But he comes to Jesus, and he knew the Lord had words of eternal life. And he said, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It's a fair question. It's a good question. Jesus says, you know the commandments. What do they say? Honor your father and mother, right? And, and don't steal and covet and so forth. The man says, I've done all those things, but what do I lack? He knew he lacked something. And Jesus said unto him, there's, he says, uh, but Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou, thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. You say, was that a prerequisite to go to heaven? That if you have a lot of stuff, you have to give it all away? It's a, it's a, it is only in the sense of this, forsaken all for the Lord. The, Jesus didn't give that as a prescription to all men on how to be saved. He does tell this man, you're lacking one thing. You know what you're lacking? You're lacking full surrender to Almighty God. Go sell what you have, give it to the poor, come follow me, take up your cross, and you're going to have treasures in heaven. And what was the man's response? Remember, it says Jesus looking at him, beholding, loved him. The man just turned and walked away sad because he was very wealthy. 
Guess what it's saying? His riches were more important to him than Christ. His riches were more important to him than forgiveness of sins. His riches were more important to him than eternal life and heaven. His riches were. Nothing sinful about being wealthy. It's only sinful if it's more important to us than Almighty God and following the Lord and being obedient to the Lord. We say that sounds hard. That, that commandment that Jesus gave him was hard. But I can say this. We're going to answer the question, is the Christian life easy or hard? Not salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. But in Christ, now that I am born of his spirit, and I'm a new creature in Christ, as the Bible says, the Bible says that the Christian life is exactly what it says it is. Okay? And you'll find people that get out of balance, and they just preach uh, every day is a zippity-doo-dah day. Every day is just wonderful, and you never get sick, and you never have problems at work, and you never have family members that do you wrong, and you never, you know, you never, never get a flat tire. Your washing machine never breaks. Everything's just perfect if you're a Christian. That's not true. That's not the case. And then you have people over here that are miserable, and they'd probably be better off not trying to uh, serve the Lord as, as miserable as they are because they're a bad representation of the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Everything's just a struggle. Not life is a struggle, but serving God is, is hard. Serving God is a struggle. Serving God is, they wish they didn't have to serve the Lord, honestly. They would never say that, but that's how they feel and what they, they represent. But the Bible says that we, we haven't seen the Lord, but by faith we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Okay, and so we're going to start breaking this down just a little bit. And I want to read this myself. If you want to turn there, you can to Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Paul says this, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And I know both. This is in, as a saved man. This is while he knew the Lord. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to are humbled or put down low, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I think the Christian life, if we look at it biblically, and that's the only way to look at it, biblically is both. It's both hard and it's easy, Okay. It's hard and it's easy. In fact, it's so hard, it's impossible. The Christian life is impossible. If you took the Sermon on the Mount and you hand it to a man that's not born again and say, go live that blessed are the meek and blessed are the poor and, and so forth and those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, now go live this way. And later in the Sermon on the Mount where uh, if you've hated your brother without cause, you're guilty of murder. And by the way, the, guilt, the wages of sin is death. But go live this this life of the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to find that's impossible to live. The Christian life is impossible. But Paul said just now, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Once we know the Lord, once we're born again, it's possible. It's possible because he empowers us to do it. The scriptures reveal some reasons, and I want to talk about this for a moment. There's two overall reasons I see for the hardness of the Christian life. So to answer the question, there's a hardness to the Christian life and there's an ease to the Christian life. There's both. I want to reveal a couple of, talk about some of the reasons that the Bible gives for the hardness or the difficulty of the Christian life. And I believe 
very simply, the first is we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay? That is hard. When you know Jesus and you're born again, and the Bible says we're new creatures in Christ, and there's people around us that don't know the Lord. They might be swell folks, okay? But they don't know the Lord. You and I are living as believers. The Bible says we're strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Strangers and pilgrims. They don't know us. They don't know the God that we know. Okay? And, and so there's a persecution that arises just from the fact that you're born again and they're not. There's a persecution, a difficulty in life that you go through and I go through and Paul went through and every believer goes through. We're not looking for trouble, okay? But we know the Lord and they don't. They don't understand. They don't get it. and They're not born of the same spirit. They don't understand our God. They don't understand why we live the way we do. They don't understand the heaven we're talking about and why we do certain things and don't do certain things. They don't love, understand that about loving your enemies and your neighbors, yourself. They don't get it and they don't like it. Okay, for the most part. And so there's a hardness or difficulty about being a Christian in an unchristian world. Being saved. Who's the God of this world? God with the little G, the Bible says, is Satan. It's the God of this world. And we're, we're living in a world that doesn't know the Lord for the most part. And we're called to live holy and separate unto the Lord. There's a persecution that comes with that is all I'm saying. Jesus said, Father, this at the Last Supper, he's praying with his disciples. He's praying to his Father, and he's speaking of his disciples. And he says, Father, I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. What do you mean, not of the world? And he goes on a few verses later to say, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. It was the same difference, the same difference that made Jesus ultimately, oh, he was popular a lot of times, right? And he's healing the multitudes and feeding them, multiplying the fish and the loaves. Where did he end up, though? Crucify him. Crucify him. He ended up on the cross. Okay? He came into his own. His own received him not. And so he says, know this. If the world hates you, it hated me before it hated you. It's par for the course. It goes with the territory. I always say it. Are our shoulders broad enough, so to speak, in a spiritual sense to handle that? We, don't, we ought not paint some picture other than what it is. There's persecution that arises because of Christ and the word of God. And it comes against our lives. It can take on different forms. Little, little shunning here and there or something like that. All, all the way if you're in China or some uh, Muslim country where you're, you're arrested or thrown in prison or killed. Or your church is burned down. All degrees. But it comes. It is a, it is a hardness and a difficulty to life that a lost person doesn't experience. They have difficulties as well. There are difficulties and hardnesses of life. Cancer comes to lost people and saved people, right? Car accidents, whatever. Uh, there, these things happen common to man. But there, are, there is a difficulty and a hardness to the life of a Christian just because you're a Christian that they don't experience. So I think we understand that. Jesus said, all, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Persecution. That's a pretty blanket statement. Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's going to happen. Paul also said, unto you it is given on the behalf of Christ not only to believe upon him, 
but to suffer for his name's sake. Suffer for what? For his name's sake. There's a, there's a difficulty and a hardness that comes just because we're Christians. How about this? The G, Jesus said, I, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. I always come back to that scripture. And I think, Lord, that doesn't sound good. You know, Matthew chapter 10. I'm sending you out, guys. Okay, this is his followers that have trusted the Lord. I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, I've watched enough nature shows to know how that's going to come out. Right? I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. But he says, I'm with you. He says, I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He said, he's made us the head and not the tail. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Listen, y'all, the safest place to be is in the will of God. If you're saved and you're in the will of God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, period. It's not going to happen. We need to believe that. That's what his word says. I didn't make it up and try to pump you up with some uh, false things this morning. That's what the Bible says. But the, the picture is still, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of the wolves. The sheep aren't strong, but the shepherd is. Amen? The sheep aren't wise, but the shepherd is. Stay close to the shepherd. Walk with him. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Let him bring you through. He will. So by the very nature of us being Christians, there is a difficulty that comes to us. And I think it's a gross misrepresentation if I were or anybody in the pulpit or, or a Christian author would pr to try to paint a picture uh, to represent Christianity as just being a trouble-free life. It is not. It is not. Okay, Christianity is not for the faint of heart, so to speak, to live for, for the Lord in the midst of, the, of a people that don't know the Lord. The Bible says... Uh, in the Old Testament, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He didn't say he delivers us out of 50% of them. And I say this all the time, even if a Christian is martyred for their faith, guess what? They were delivered. They're with the Lord now. They were delivered. Nobody can touch them anymore. And nobody could touch them until the Lord let them touch him. It was time for Stephen to be martyred when he was stoned and died for preaching the cross. Amen. And the Lord, he saw and the Lord received him up to glory. So we don't live in fear of those things. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you while I'm with you that your joy may be full. He says, in, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. <laughs> that doesn't, Lord, that doesn't make sense. You said in the world, I'm going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm just this little weak nothing. He's the vine. I'm the branch just in the vine. I get all my strength, nourishment, source, uh, power, life, everything comes from that vine, not from me. Okay? I just need to stay and abide in Christ. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Now I want to move to, to another cause, and I think it's more serious, I would say. We can all understand that there's a, there's a, to different degrees, there is persecution of Christians just because they're truly saved. They're living their faith out, right? Every area, every, every era of life, every country you would be in, to different degrees, there's a persecution just because you know Jesus and you talk about him and you live it, okay? 
All right, but that we take that, we take that, we understand that's part of denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following the Lord. But I think a far greater hardness comes to the believer's life. It comes from a different source, not from persecution from without, but from failures within. Failures a hardness. I can make my own life difficult as a Christian by failing to walk in the will of God. Just kind of gave you my summary point before I gave you the, end, the first point. But I can make my life in Christ. I'm saved. When I die, I'm going to heaven. But I can make my own life hard and difficult by having one foot in the world and one foot in the church by halfway following the Lord and halfway not. And I've shared it so many times. My time at LSU, when my last year in high school and then four and a half years, I was in the four and a half year plan is what it, what I was on at the time, uh, to graduate from LSU. I was a saved person, and I was compromising. I didn't need somebody to preach the gospel and tell me Jesus died for my sins and to be born again. I prayed that prayer in a minute, but I was very much worldly, and I was made my life miserable. If you were to say to me, I, I've, had, I've had cancer, you know, I've had all these things in my life, I've had gone through all sorts of things, but if you say, what's the most miserable part of your personal life? It would have been those, those years. I was lost before that, and I wasn't so miserable. <laughs> you know, when I was in, just running around and playing football in high school and, and knocking around with my buddies, I was lost, and I wasn't so miserable. But when I got saved and didn't live for God, I was miserable. And so there's a greater, I believe, and I see it in the Bible, difficulties or hardness that comes to any believer's life when we fail to fully surrender to the Lord. So I'm going to tell you here this morning, if you're saved, you've, you've said I do to Jesus. You've taken him as your Savior and Lord, and you meant it. Okay? Live for God. Live for God. Live for God with all your heart. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to let you down. He's not going to disappoint you. And you are going to be miserable otherwise. To know the will of God and to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and yet not be walking in what I know is right is going to bring a serious hardness, difficulty to my Christian life. We need to be all in. If we're saved, we need to be all in. We need to be all in. We've talked about being in weeks and months past full, full surrender to the Lord. Is the Christian life easy or hard? Well, again, it's in one sense it's impossible. But I tell you this, it, it is possible when I'm yielded to the Lord. That's how Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he was yielded to the Lord. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't sinless. But he was perfectly yielded to God. And when we are not, we're bringing a difficulty and a heartache on ourselves. It's not a persecution from the world. It's a difficulty we brought to our own lives by not walking in the perfect will of God. The Christian life demands, by, by definition, it demands surrender to the Lord. Complete surrender, not partial. The Christian life necessitates self-denial. The Christian life demands death to self and death to me. And I want to read a quote by one, past, one uh, man of God, not a pastor that I was reading a book from. He said, the Christian way is different, harder and easier. Christ says, give me all. I don't want a certain, now this is the Lord speaking, I don't want a certain part of you. 
I don't want a part of your time or so much, a portion of your money or so much of your work. I want you. I haven't come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. Isn't that what the Bible says? Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified. Crucified is death. Nobody ever came down off the cross alive. They didn't come down wounded. They came down dead. Jesus said, I didn't come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures will do. I don't want to cut off a branch of your natural life here and there. I want to cut the whole tree down. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think are innocent, as well as the ones that you think are wicked. I will give you a new self instead. Isn't that better? A new self. He didn't come to, to take our lives and clean it up a little bit. And I think that's a lot of times the, people, the picture that people have of Christianity. Jesus wants to take you and make you a better you. No, he doesn't. He wants you to die and that Christ would live in you. We're born again by the Spirit of God. It is his life that lives in us. He didn't come to reform me. He came that I would be dead and that Christ would live in me. I will give you myself, is what he's saying. You give me yourself, and in place, I'm going to give you myself. When we, don't, when we know the will of God and we don't do it, and I can attest to this myself, so I don't need to look for examples among you. When we know the will of God and aren't surrendered to the will of God, we are going to continue to struggle. I'm not saying we're not saved. We're assuming in this example that we are saved. But we're going to find the Christian life very hard. If you to ask me, I was in college, tell me about... Is the Christian life easier or hard? I would say it's miserable. It's miserable. Because I wasn't living for the Lord. It's not the Lord's fault. It was mine. And we look around and we may be living that way and compromise. Not fully surrendered to the Lord and yet that's what he's called us to. And we look around and we see other Christians and they're always smiling. And everything seems to be easier for them. And they seem to have a problem-free life. And they seem to have their loads lifted from off of them. And my load just seems to be getting harder and heavier and more difficult to bear. But by continuing to resist what God has mandated for us to live in the Christian faith, we don't find the Christian life easy. We find it hard. We find it frustrating. We don't see that. We don't experience that joy that Jesus talks about or that peace that he talks about. And it's not so much about the, from the arising from the persecutions that are without, but from the lack of surrender within. I'm speaking to the, my Christian brothers and sisters today. I'm speaking to the church. You know, when it comes to persecution from without, Jesus said, we'd actually rejoice in that. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Wait, when we're persecuted and lied about for your name's sake? Yes, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the, the prophets which were before you. Persecutions from without cannot. Listen to this. I'm going to bring this to a close. But persecutions from without cannot in themselves steal my faith in Christ. So you picture, I'm going to let it sink in for just a second. Persecutions from without. You're thrown in a prison. 
You have all your worldly goods taken from you. You have your separated from your family. You're tortured in some way and beat. Nothing that is from without cannot in themselves, those things cannot rot, steal my faith in Christ. Those things from without, without cannot rob the joy because it is a fruit of the Spirit. They can't rob my peace. They can't steal my intimacy with the Lord. They cannot wreck my life. They cannot destroy my testimony for Christ. They cannot stop me from following and uh, flourishing in the Lord. They can't keep me from bearing fruit. They can't keep me from glorifying God. They can't keep me from the absolute fullness of this life that Christ has for me. Nothing from without can touch any of that that I just mentioned. Remember that and rejoice in that. That's why he says rejoice and be exceeding glad. I'm not minimizing persecutions, okay? They can be very severe at times. But none of that from without can rob me from anything that I have in Christ. Persecutions from without are powerless against your life in Christ. They actually can be used, and the Lord uses them to strengthen our faith and to build us up. There is an intimacy with the Lord that's known only in persecution. I'm not saying we don't go out looking for trouble. Can I go get persecuted today? We just live for God. And as it comes, it comes to whatever degree. But Paul says, I want to know him. And he already knew him. He was already saved. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, and I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And you're not going to know that when every day is just a, a bluebird day and everything's going wonderfully. Be of good cheer. Cheer. So Jesus says, I mean, Paul says, I'm sorry, I'll read this from Romans 8, 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Wow. This is what the Christian's life is like. We're, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's how the world esteems. The church. You know what the very next verse is after that in Romans 8? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It all comes back to Christ. It all comes back to our, our fullness of joy in him, the peace, the strength, everything we have in the Lord. It, it doesn't come from anywhere else. So the persecution cannot rob us from that. I'm told in the Bible Jesus said that, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. How am I going to experience that, though? How did Jesus say to experience that? He says, come unto me, first of all, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Second of all, he says, take my yoke and learn of me. You've seen a picture, probably in a school book or somewhere in an uh, agriculture museum or something, a picture of a yoke, Okay. And it is made to make a team out of one, you know, one unit out of two animals where they yoke them together. They're not independent any longer. Can't have one ox going this way and one going that way. Not if they're yoked together. But Jesus says, take my yoke and learn of me. And I think a lot of times we fail to take Christ's yoke. We fail to learn of him. And so we find the Christian life hard. We find the Christian life difficult. Dee's over here smiling all the time. Everything seems to be going great for her, her, and I find it hard. And it's the same Savior. I'm going to close with a couple, one example. Let's say you've got two believers, 
both born again. They're just as saved as each other, but when they die, they're going to heaven. Christ is their Savior, and they've given their lives to the Lord, washed in the blood of the Lamb, okay? They both go through similar trials. they almost identical trials, whatever the trial is. Financial struggle, uh, lost friends, uh, physical ailment to their body, lost a spouse that passed away, lost a child in some tragic accident. Both are Christians. They're going through the exact same trial. They're both saved. And one finds it unbearable. And one finds it crushing. And one finds it insurmountable, extremely difficult. They find no victory. They find no communion with the Lord, only hardness and hardship and heartache. And another, like the Apostle Paul, I would just use him for an example, going through the same trial. They go through it. They come through it. And they go through it trusting in the Lord. Oh, they're crying their eyeballs out too. They lost their spouse or lost their child. But they're strengthened somehow. They're strengthened. They're upheld by Christ. They do find that somehow they can actually have a peace and a joy in the midst of the furnace that they're going through. It's because they're surrendered fully to the Lord. It's because they're taking, they're coming to Christ, they're taking his yoke, and they literally are learning of him. Just like he said. It's the only difference. God's not a respecter of persons. If he does it for one, he'll do it for the other. But we're going to find our Christian life joyful and have a peace and have a strength. We are going to find, you know what, Lord, your yoke really is easy. I wonder how, how many people really experience that. Your, your yoke really is easy and your burden really is light. So I want to close with what I open with. Indeed, you can come in 2 Corinthians where we started the same passage. Chapter 4. And I'm going to read just the, the hardness parts and then I'm going to go back and read the light parts. So if you're in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 8, we're troubled on every side. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're cast down. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're always delivered unto death, in verse 11, for Jesus' sake. That's all he's describing his life. In the lives, he says, we, all these Christian brothers and sisters, we're troubled on every side. We're persecuted. We're cast down. We're in despair. And then he comes back in the same sentences. We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're always bearing about the body, the dying of the Lord in our bodies, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. We're always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, but that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Look at verse 17 and we'll close. For our light affliction. Now, wait a minute. He just described some of the persecutions that he was going through, but he terms it as light affliction. He wasn't crazy. He wasn't living in denial, like people say. He was living in Christ. 
And as much as he was persecuted and troubled and, and stoned and left for dead and shipwrecked and all the things that happened to him, he found it light because he was trusting in the Lord. Because he was, he was equally, he was yoked in there with Christ. And he found, Lord, your yoke really is easy and your burden is light. You know why it's light? Because he lifts it. Yes. Because he carries the load. You're just a passenger going along with him. He's the one doing all the work. He's carrying you through this life. He's carrying you through cancer and loss of loved ones and financial difficulties. He's carrying you through rejection. He's carrying you all the way through. We're going to find it light when we trust the Lord, yes. when we keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen. This light, our light affliction, which, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more excellent and eternal weight of glory. So it's light because Jesus lifts the load. Two Christians, one's trusting God fully or surrendered to the Lord fully, and one's kind of partially surrendered. You want to find his yoke easy and his burden light? Take his yoke and learn of him. Amen? Learn of him. He would do it for you. He is a faithful God. And if you've been fooled around and lived in compromise all your life, you don't have to the rest of your life. He's given you today. Y'all stand with me this morning. These altars are open. We're going to have our time of altar. We're going to say our blessing and go eat in just a moment. But I don't want to miss this time right now. The altars are open for you to come before the Lord. Maybe you're not fully surrendered to the Lord. Maybe you're saved, but you're not fully walking. You have one foot in the world and one foot with Christ, so to speak. You find your Christian life hard. You find it difficult. You don't find the burden light and lift it. And God wants to lift it from you this morning. We do go through persecutions, but even that he tells us to rejoice and be of good cheer. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would meet these that have come to the altar to lay their lives at the foot of the cross, God, that you would meet them. You would lift the loads and lift the burdens that, God, every person in this room would not only be saved, but, God, we would be walking together with you and learning of you, God, denying ourselves and following you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.